Anybody know that rock's name this morning? Man, there's water come out of that rock in desert times. In wilderness times, I'm telling you enough water, amen, to water three million people. When other, amen, nations would, would, would die because of thirst, there's a bunch of these Israelites come down through that wilderness, amen, and a rock following them and pulled out enough, amen, to take care of all the people and all their animals. Hey, I'm glad I'm serving that kind of God today. How about you? Lord, bless you this morning. You may be seated. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. God bless you. Coming, being in this service, going to let our classes go back. Praying for your Sunday school teachers. God bless them, anoint them. Praying for your children. Man, I'm telling you what, they need to understand how important it is. Get the word of God in their hearts. Amen. I've been praying that our children would get a hunger for the Holy Ghost. It's just natural for them to... To kind of resist it, kind of to, uh, they don't like to be put on the spot. They don't like to be brought up and prayed for. Oh, they want to be healed, but that's just the nature that's in us. We're born with that nature. Lord, I'm praying God would help them. Learn at an early age that I'm going to war against that nature. I'm going to conquer that nature. I'm going to come and believe God. I'm going to believe God to touch me. I'm going to believe God to heal me. Hallelujah. You may not like this next statement. Hallelujah. But, but I'd want to train them. Amen. Instead of running through the, through the medicine cabinet every time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They come running up. Mama, I need you to pray for me. I've got a headache. Mama, I banged up my knee. Mama, I need you to pray. Daddy, I need you to pray for me. Hallelujah. We can't train them up. Hallelujah. Or we can't train them up with every little pain. Huh? Come on, baby. I better get you some. Come I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. I tell you what, he told the Israelites every morning during the middle of the day and the afternoons, amen, you to instruct them what out of the word of God. Hallelujah. I tell you what, the world's filling their hands full of a lot of stuff that they want to play with the time they get up till they go to bed. Hallelujah. And it's filling them up with this and filling them up with that. But I'll tell you what, the church, hallelujah, is the only hope all of us has got. The only hope for this community is for there to be a church here. A church that believes. A church that's on fire. A church that's willing to fight. A church, amen, that's willing to unite together and let the true love of God. There's no greater love than this than a man's watch willing to lay down his life. That's what you and I have got to do. We've got to follow the example of Jesus Christ and lay our lives down. If we'll do that, guess what? God's going to do some powerful things in Bendale, Mississippi. Hallelujah. Got a good lesson today. Man, I'll tell you what. You can read these amount of prophets and think you know something. Go back and study them again. Man, I missed a lot. <laughs> Praise God. But, uh, uh, boy, what a, what a title. What a timing title. <laughs> Tell me God don't know. God knows. He sees. He saw it before I did. He's already got it mapped out. And if I got an ear to hear him and a heart to respond to him, amen, he'll condition us, prepare us for what's coming. Hey, I'm a firm believer. That even, even where individuals are geographically raised, it makes a difference, amen, of their, their physical ability. Amen. You raise a family on the side of a mountain, they're going to learn how to cope with things. They're gonna, their, their strength is going to be different. 
their breathing abilities and things of that nature. And you put a man out on the plains of flat ground and they never have to climb the first hill. <laughs> never have to put much effort into it. Unless he's living in some of them low places where he's got to swim here, swim there. <laughs> but I'm telling you. So guess what? That's the same way with the church. That's a reason the more if you read the book of Acts, the more the church is persecuted, the greater revivals they had. Greater out. Boy, the devil tried to put it out, the more it broke out. Well, they tried to shut them up and put them in dungeons and close this thing down. Hey, Amen. You know what? That didn't stop God. He'd have revival in prison. He'd, he'd move in that place. Folks wouldn't even want to leave and the doors just open up. Hey, hey man, they wouldn't even want to leave. Hey, I don't leave this place. I thought I did. Hey, man, not till, not till this one showed up. Man, they took that jailhouse and made it a church house. Praise God. He's in that kind of business. But we got a good lesson. Rejoicing in difficult times. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Anybody been excited this week? Been dancing? Anybody get up, amen, this morning and say, Praise God, hallelujah, COVID's back in Mendale. Woo! Might shock us if we do that with honesty and sincerity. Well, that's all that's wrong with it. That's all wrong. You read a lesson. It talks about rejoicing and tribulation, trying and testing times. One place, and if you go to it, you'll understand the apostles in the book of Acts actually rejoiced and counted it honor to be beaten and thrown in jail. I know we're living under different cultures and times. I understand that. But you know what? We could be going back to some of that. They're trying their best to shut the pulpit down against certain types of sin. A man, call them hate crimes when it's nothing but sin. Amen. Levit, levit the whole lump. And that levit's well on its way, leaven the whole lump. It's progress. You take a little levit, you take a little levit. Thank God on the positive side of that, that same, in that same principle, you take a little levit and put it in the meal. All of them, all three of them. And if you give it a little while, buddy, things will start Makes it taste better. Makes it swell up. Unleavened bread's not too good to eat. It's not too tasty. It's kind of flat, plain, just kind of, yeah, plain. But you know what? Leavened bread's a bread. It don't take you the time to fix it and all that, but it's not all. It don't spoil. You can put it in your pocket and carry it with you. That's the reason the, the Israelites had to have leavened bread, amen, when they come out of there. You fix it on a journey for a few days and you can't have that, that, that bread that is leavened. You've got to have unleavened bread. You can't have the leavened bread, amen, because it'll spoil. Praise God. Amen. So, praise God. All this is a little, little test for us. See, see how we stand, how, how, we, how we respond to it. You know, it's very important how we respond to circumstances, situations. Amen. Uh, <laughs> let, let me put it to you this way. If one of you all of a sudden fell in here and cut your leg wide open and cut one of the main arteries and blood shooting out there, shooting out there and hitting that wall, you know, I'm going to pray for you. But Brother Brandon's been trained a little bit, and he probably won't get near as upset as some of you because he knows that, hey, I can't afford to. Have you ever been in a wreck and you called the ambulance and they pulled up there and they didn't come busting out of there? understand that hey you get too big a hurry you get, get get too shook up you get your mind you get loose focus you'll mess up 
I'm preaching already. That's exactly what the devil's trying to do with the church. Because that's the only thing this can do to the church. Or it can awaken us and stir us up and say, you know what? I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to have more faith. I have more of the word of God. I have more of the Holy Ghost on the other side of this deal. Amen. God's going to be my protector. You know what I've been praying this week for a lot of us? God, if you can put a hedge around Job, you can sure put a hedge around us. But, God, if you don't want to put a hedge around us and you want some of us to get it so we can be examples of others, then so be it. Wasn't you as many hands going up? <laughs> Woo! Praise God. I understand that. I understand that. I'm not asking for it either. <laughs> but if it comes, it comes. Here's the deal. God said he did what? He'd be with us. I'm an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Praise God. All right. Our lesson this morning, rejoicing in difficult times. Man, we ought to been, we ought to been, we ought to been running these aisles, hanging from the lights. <laughs> Hallelujah. Difficult times, praise God, rejoicing. So, you know, there's been some difficult times there, no doubt, in the last couple of years, especially. And, uh, but you know what? God's going to help us through all this. Focus thought because God has a plan for our future. How many are you thankful today that you, you put your future in the, in the hands of a God that holds all of eternity? You're thankful you've got an inheritance that it's not some, that it's not like leaning on some hope that I got some unknown uncle, rich uncle, filthy rich uncle, that didn't have no kids. And don't have a wife and nobody else to give it to. That's hopeless, isn't it? That's, that's, that's dreams, that's fantasies. I'm glad I'm not living in a fantasy world when it comes to inheritance. An inheritance is laid up that the Bible has taught us that the devil can't take it. It won't rust away. I don't have to worry about a man, my God, surviving all of these financial struggles. <laughs> Stockpiles of failings and CDs crashing and, 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 and gold and silver investing in this. And folks, you and I have invested in the most powerful thing that's ever going to be. That's ever going to be the eternal life itself. And it doesn't matter what walks of life we come from and what our paychecks are. Amen. But when we come and made an investment, that's the greatest inheritance that money couldn't buy it anyway. Silver and gold can't buy this. But it's a willing heart, a willing vessel. It's a believing heart. You know, taking God at his word. I believe that. I believe you're going to prepare a place. And that's not all. I believe you're coming back. And I believe, amen, that even if death takes his body, that everything's going to be all right. Because I've done my best, amen, to make sure it's under the blood. I'm doing my best, amen, to hide your word in my heart that I might not sin to get you. I'm doing my best amen to keep my conscience right with you God and with man. That's some goals that we need to be seeking. Don't listen to that old spirit. It don't matter what you say. That's a lie. What you, what you let your eyes see and what you let your ears hear. Don't listen to that junk. It, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Because God has a plan for our future. What a plan. What a plan. A plan to salvation. Man, what you know what salvation really means? It means deliverance. We haven't received the fullness of that yet. Even with repentance, baptism, Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and speaking in tongues and walking the Holy Ghost on a daily basis, we have not received the fullness of that because it's in an earthen vessel.
onward subject when inclined to come up short, to drop the ball, be deceived. That's the reason we have church. That's the reason we come together. That's where you got your Bible. That's the reason you pray. Amen. We depend on the mercy of God, the grace of God. Amen. But you got to focus on that. You got to connect into that. You can't just put it in neutral. <laughs> I mean, heaven is an uphill climb, ladies and gentlemen. You put it in neutral. You're going back to the old nature. You're going back to darkness. You're going back to old habits. And, amen. And then the next thing's going to happen is trying to, cond you know, condone them and okay them. And <laughs> that's what happens. Amen. Thank God it's still straight and it's still narrow. Praise God. One thing about the straight and narrow, if it's straight enough, amen, you know, and we say narrow, but it's wide enough. Praise God, you can put the hammer down. This is a one-way deal. Amen. If somebody's turning around, they ain't got no business to turn around. Hit them. Put them forward. <laughs> amen. Then they'll turn around and keep on going. Praise God. That's what it's all about anyway. Amen. We want to make it. We want everybody else to make it. Praise the Lord. We must not grow impatient or lose faith during temporary difficulties or suffering. <laughs> How many of us is real patient, amen, when we're, when we're hurting? <laughs> How many of us is real patient when it's, when it's when you, you know, man, you done tried four or five times to get that screw in there. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Got to go buy another. <laughs> I knew better, but man. <laughs> yeah, we all been. I sure I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> Praise God, there wouldn't be no hair left. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'd pulled it all out. Praise God. You know what? I never did get to that part the other Wednesday night. You know what Nehemiah done? <laughs> he didn't only curse them folks. He pulled their hair out. One prophet pulled his out, but Nehemiah said, that didn't work. That didn't turn out too good. I'm going to try pulling theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm sorry. I shouldn't on Sunday morning. That ain't too funny, huh? <laughs> Woo! Well, I tell you what, the devil's trying to pull your hair out. The devil's trying to pull us out and doing this and doing that. Amen. But you know what? I'm glad I got something with greater pull than that called heaven. An experience with Jesus Christ and the love of the master. And amen. If I'll just keep that alive, you know what? That other pull won't have near the pull on me. Amen. Praise God. So as we, we watch this, amen. Thank God that we can have what faith? Faith. What temp temporary difficult. This too is going to pass, ladies and gentlemen. One way or the other, it's going to pass for us. One way or the other, you're going to get out of this. That's what the three Hebrews say. Hey, not, we're not bowing. Now we're getting out of this. You're not going to have the privilege and honor of watching us worship your God. Because we're not. it's a done deal. We're not going to do it. Praise God. We, 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 we know who God is. And he's going to deliver us. It may be through death. But you know, we're not going to be dead for long. <laughs> Amen. We know. We know who we believed in. And so, as we watch this, the focus verse in 318. Three verses I'll make is written unto us. And uh, as the vision, the voice he heard, the vision he saw, and what's going to unfold here, and the topic, amen, of, of good people seem to prosper and uh, seem to be blessed. You know, even David struggled with that, uh, going out. Really, what David, one of the others actually wrote that, if you go back and look at it close enough, uh, 
looked at when he went out to Amen and watched the, the people that was wicked and vile that seemed to prosper, seemed to make money, seemed to hold positions and get, you know, be elevated and put into places. And, you know, it just blows your mind. You're thinking they're so evil and their corruptness and, and, and you know, the, the direction and the things that happen. And so even here, Abeka, he, he's, he's talking about that. He's talking about the judgment. And when, it, when there was judgment, it wasn't righteous judgment. It was ungodly judgment. Amen. And still the wicked just prospered from that because it was all an inside job, an inside deal. I, I remember Adam, Adam came home just a few weeks, months ago now. It's been, he's been out several times since. But anyway, uh, but him and Jake golfed both and both had come in the hardware store at different times. And they was telling me about Denver and, and both of them and say, hey, we're not going back to Denver. Now, they weren't in there together. They was both on the same job. But anyway, said so within hours when Adam had got there, amen, they had stole his toolbox out of his truck. And I'm talking about one of the big toolboxes and one thing after another. They was having trouble. And hey, they kept talking about it. And both of them said, said, you know what? It had to be an inside deal. Said, hey, the security said, no, our cameras, they don't, they don't work no more. They don't do this. They don't do that. And said there were several trucks that got, even some had got stolen and things of that nature. So, you know what? A lot of that stuff goes on a lot more than we want to, you know, think that it does it really happens but you know what we're just gonna have to be patient and long suffering and know that you know what vengeance is God and they don't change your way they got a payday and boy they're not gonna like that payday and you know what it doesn't matter what last name they got it doesn't matter how much money they got how many people they influenced them all that ain't gonna matter it doesn't matter how, how, how educated or uneducated they are amen there's gonna come a judgment day amen and that's what all of this is about that there's coming a day when everybody's going to have to give an account for the deeds that's done in their body. And, and you know, enough money and none of those things is going to be able to put it under the rug or hide it or disguise it. In fact, the scripture says it'll be shouted, the secrets will be shouted from the housetop. They'll be revealed. They'll be made known. And so, you know, the best thing that you and I, as you're doing here this morning, is coming to the house of God and, and open our hearts and our spirits, our minds up to the word of God and, and I, I say, God, I want to hear your word. I want it. Amen. I want judgment to start in my life. I want to be corrected, God. I want you to correct me. Anybody like to be corrected? No, we don't like to be corrected. We don't like whippings. But you know what? We can't be exempt from them. We must. And you know, our prayer should be, God, if you got to correct me, I'd rather you just do it with your eyes. Has anybody ever been corrected with eyes? But I tell you right now, my daddy could just look at you. And I mean, you didn't want to push it too far past that, I promise you. Uh, he, he didn't talk a lot. He didn't say a lot. And so he could just look at you with them eyes. And you know, God does that. That's why God likes to work. He'd rather just look at us and give us that kind of... Like, mm. And we know that little... Uh, don't tell us we don't. Amen. We know that, that Holy Ghost enough. We're walking the Holy Ghost enough. We, we feel that little... Mm. And if you're not careful, we feel that other one going, Hi, but you can do it. Come on. That'd be all right. Uh, you, uh, I've heard him make this statement. So I just ask for forgiveness. He don't have to. Not after he's done correct you. <laughs> Or at least he don't have to forgive you until he's, you know, I'm going to forgive you after a while. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I get through with you, then I'll forgive you. <laughs> praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Well, well, maybe you ain't wrecked daddy's truck. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I didn't either. Thank God. <laughs> but here we go. I hope you're having a good time this morning. I can't have a good time. Amen. There's not a better place to have a good time in the house of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's not a better place to get drunk. Not a better place to have a party. And so we hear, amen, to hear the word of God and the instructions of the Lord himself. So, the key verse found in 318. Yet, yet. And, and we'll, go, we'll finish this up toward the end. Regardless of all this that happens. And, and boy, it, it's out there. When you, you read that verse. 
what's going to unfold, what's going to, what Habakkuk, a man had saw and, 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 and heard and knew that was coming. And after the debate with God and questioning and, and pondering and trying to work all this out, he, he made up in his own mind and heart, yet, amen, amen, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And that's the spirit. That's the attitude. That's got to be our response, amen, to where we at, and even on a daily basis. If you'll, if you'll get up in the morning time with the frame of mind, the attitude, and the spirit, God, I'm going to rejoice in you today. I don't know what's coming, but my trust is in you, my confidence in you. And God, that don't mean that everything's just got to go my way. That don't mean that everything's got to be hunkadory and I don't have no problems and everything's just free selling. No, amen, with all the trials and troubles come, God, amen, yet I I'm going to rejoice in you because you know what? In rejoicing in God in times of difficulty, there's a strength and energy that comes in that. That pills can't bring it. Hallelujah. Money can't buy it. Hallelujah. Promises of this and promise that can't, can't do anything about it. Hallelujah. Like Jesus Christ, like the Holy Ghost, like rejoicing in difficult times, how to respond to it, how to deal with it, finding a strength and energy and a comfort there. Amen. To overcome it and defeat it. Hallelujah. In our response, Hmm. When's the last time you was getting on somebody and they just kind of laughed? Sound like somebody running over us, don't it? But we'll be all right. <laughs> When's the last time? I mean, you just took the sails out of somebody because, man, you was, you was all huffed up, puffed up. Man, you was fixing it. I'm fixing to get a piece of my mind and I'm fixing to blow their hair back and I'm fixing to. They just very kind. They said, well, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. God bless you. I tell you, what, what should we do? Hey, let's try to get this right. You sure are taking the fun out of this. Huh? Did you know that works against the devil? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You just kind of looked at him and said, sorry, man. I got a heavenly father. I got a God that's with me. I believe he's going to strengthen me in all this. Okay, let's go. So, as we watch this unfold, and uh, I won't take, I'm going to bypass some of the first things. We may come back to it because I do understand it's a very important, our response. Our response to circumstances and situations. Amen. Not to be full. Uh, the Bible, said, Paul's writing to us. He said, don't be anxious about what? Or cautious. Anxious about nothing. But to do what? Pray about everything. You know, sometimes I know, and, and I understand, don't, so don't take me wrong here, but sometimes we act like prayer is a last resource. <laughs> I've done all I do, I'm going to pray. Well, praise God, let's do that to start with. And when we wind up, because it doesn't matter what happens between the two, it's prayer and believe in God and the favor of God in, in the, the actions that were taken. Yeah. Can I say this? If I was going to take that vaccination, I'm going to take it in Jesus' name. Now, people make light of that they want to. But if I'm not going to take it, I'm not going to take it in Jesus' name. Now, we're more prone to say amen and get more serious about it when I'm not going to take it in Jesus' name than when I'm going to take it. But our labor's in vain unless God's faith was in it. And if we do it with honesty and a clear conscience and we know it's pleasing to God, guess what? We'll find favor when somebody else may. We'll find it working for us when it didn't work so well for somebody else. It's 
all about faith. It's all about trusting. It's all about our actions, our attitude of how we handling the course. Got to finish our course. Now, sometimes I believe the course can be mapped out. Now, God's, I believe God's got it. A perfect wheel and a course for us to walk. But sometimes we can make decisions. Sometimes pitfalls, I call that, of life can, can alter that some. But it still depends upon how we respond to those circumstances and difficult times and, and decisions that have to be made. But I can promise you one thing. God's intent, that regardless of what it is, how small or big it is, God's intent for us Amen. To find joy in him and rejoice. Knowing. How can you do that? Knowing that God promised he'd never leave me nor forsake me. That he'd be with me. And he'll guide me and lead me. The second thing you and I have got to understand is pray this. God, your will be done. God is how my opinion. God is how I feel about it. Because there's a lot of people feels like everything that comes in their brain and out their mouth is God. Holy and sanctified. <laughs> but we're in earthen vessels. And I can promise you everything, amen, is not of God. <laughs> okay? And that's, that's for a number of reasons. That's another message, okay? I, I may preach on that sometime. That, that, that's, that's a reason for that. There's a purpose for that. Because if everything I'd done, everything I said was of God, I'd get the big head after a while. You would too. Mm-hmm. Start taking the glory. And so thank God. I'd rather God just do it in small measures. To keep me in line. <laughs> than having to knock my head off to get me turned around. Okay? And that's in our lesson. That measure part is in our lesson. Because I'm going to tell you something, God, God, how many of you, everybody, pretty much everybody, except some of the small ones, is, has, is either parents or grandparents oversee somebody for a few minutes or a day or two? How many of you ever really enjoy beating your children, correcting them, especially with a switch or with a belt? I know that don't go well sometimes in our children, but it's still, there's times for it. Times it's needed. And it needs to be applied in the right manner. You know. I, I believe there ought to be a line. If I had a child that was just, you know, really. You know what I'd do? I'd sit that child down. I'd say, look, here's the line. Now, when you pitch a fit and you do what you're doing. And you get to this line. It's going to be on. Okay. And that's what I do. Did you know God does that? And God's got ways. He draws a line. We can overstep it. Then he'll draw another one. But watch this. Every time you draw that line, he has to draw that line, the punishment is going to become greater. The correcting. We do that in our own system. If, if I killed somebody this morning... But I could prove it was out of just not something premeditated. Just out of a moment of anger. And, and they, he rubbed me wrong and we got into it. And I just let him get the best of me and I killed him. 
You know what they're going to get me for? They won't get me for murder. Be for manslaughter. And the sentence is not near as bad. Well, I'm talking to us today. Where'd we get this? We didn't come up with all this on our own. There's a God. And so, as you watch this, as he's responding three chapters, and uh, I want us to watch, uh, especially the first chapter. Uh, I'm going to focus mostly, I guess, on the first and first ten verses in the last chapter because time probably got my watch. I did remember I put it in my pocket and I first got here this morning. I'm going to do better. So, so as you watch this, and it talks about the burden, so the burden here is a thing that has to be what? Lifted up. It's a burden. He's lifting it up into the Lord. He's, he's, he's calling on God. He's crying out to him because he just simply doesn't understand what's unfolding and what's happening. Now, if you, if you watch this closely, uh, it says, watch this. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear. Now, in my Bible, that's not a question mark behind that. It's almost more like a statement that's being made. I believe there's a reason for that. Watch this. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Again, in my Bible, it doesn't follow that. And I'm not an English guy, okay? But it's not followed with a question mark, even though it sounds like one. You know what the key to this is? Habakkuk knew where the answer was coming. He knew who was going to deliver. He knew who was going to be the one that was just and right. Regardless of how the appearance of it was. Regardless of how he felt and what side of the line he felt like he was. With the statements that he's making, he knows that God's a just God. God's, amen, a righteous God. And so as I present this, God, it's not as much as questions, amen, as statements and who I know who you are. I know where my help comes from. I know who's going to be my deliverer. I know who's going to be my strength in this until I can navigate myself through this. Because I know one thing. There's some things that's going on that ought not be. Some judgments and actions are being taken. So as you watch then, he said, why dost thou show me iniquity? Why have you shown me this? Why have I seen some things that apparently a lot of other people is blind to? They ain't got a clue what they're doing. Are we not living in that nation at time now? Huh. Hey, some people sinning on the left and the right, but if you ask them, ain't nothing wrong with that. That ain't no big deal. It used to not to. It used to be a big deal for men to have facial hair in the church. But we're, we're getting there. It's not a big deal anymore. In fact, it's accepted. And I know, first thing, well, you ain't got no Bible to do this. You ain't got no Bible. I said, you're right, but watch this. I say, when a man backslides, if he's very old, what's one of the first things he'll do when he backslides? So we're going to save him a step. We'll just let him do that here. Well, I'm going good, ain't I? <laughs> I'd much rather be. 
You know, I'm going to fall off the cliff. Now watch this. This cliff is for eternity. This cliff is into a lake of fire that's going to burn and the worm's going to die not. When you think about the cliff that we're trying not to fall into. Now we can start saying, well, that's not a big deal. But watch this. Enough of them, that's not a big deal. I wouldn't have no problem walking across that two before. As long as it stayed in. Wouldn't be a big deal. But if you keep enough of one of them, it's not a big deal. And I, I, you keep elevating that two before. I can get that two before up here about this high. All of a sudden, walking on that two before becomes a, a big deal. And we're living at a time, I'm telling you, God's judgment's trying to come on. Even America, trying to get us to wake up and say, where you at? Shake yourself. Move. Where you at spiritually? And so, watch this. As, as God uses Abaka here. And as he approaches, he's trying to understand some things. And to, to reason out some things. So, why is all this happening like it's happening? Why is all this unfolding in, in his hour? In his time? This unrighteous actions, people that sitting in positions and places. So, so as we watch him here, cause me to behold grievance, you know, and, and for spoiling and violence are before me. And there are they that raise up strive and contention. And so much is, is there not been some contention and strive in America in the last few years? Some things rising up. Some lawlessness that's going on and taking place and people in positions and places. Amen. A lot of us are shocked at what, what some of the different types of judgment that's taking place. And, and we know the love of money is the root of all evil. And, and you know, we, we understand a lot of that. Amen. Deals with taking bribes and things of that nature and having certain places to go and certain type of entertainment and certain types of pleasures. This country's full of it. Became full of it. <clears throat> and I hate to say this, but if you take the religion and the church as a whole, all denominations, everything they call them a church, we'd be shocked at how much goes on inside those. Some of the same practices, some of the same things that's unfolding and taking place. And so, and so, what's this? I've heard it. How many of you heard this lately? You know, God don't hurry up and come, man. He's going to raise up Noah's generation because of evil and the wickedness. And, you know, I had somebody say here just a while back, said, boy, if I was God, I'd have done. I said, that's the reason you're not God. Because <laughs> God's going to be just. It's all said and done. And God's long-suffering. And vengeance is his. But watch this. Every time God corrects his own a nation, or even the enemy. God's going to be long-suffering. He's going to try his best not to have to go to those extremes. Now, that, that's got some volume to it, if we listen to it. That's the reason Paul, we say Paul, the Hebrew writer talks about mean, the chastening of God. And for you and I not to become faint-hearted. Wearied a man with it. Because I'm telling you, we're living in a time right now, buddy. 
<laughs> our, our, our nerves, our patience. We become faint-hearted quick. We can get full of, of anxiety quick. We can, get, we can get beside ourselves. And that's understanding to a certain point. It really is. But on the other hand, folks, that's reading God's with us. So, he says, behold, in other words, look around. Now, this is the Lord. He's responding. He among the keepers and regard him wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which he will not believe, though it be told you. Did you know that Paul used this prophecy? Uh, the verses right here at Antioch. In Acts the 13th chapter. After approaching them. Had permission to stand. And he waved the hand. Got the attention. And he goes through the history. And he brings them into the place. And. Of the Holy Ghost, of Jesus Christ, of the resurrection. He talks about David, and talks about Moses, and he talks about the, the Father. They talk, he brings, and he brings it all. And he, he brings even this. Man, uh, what, it should shock you that if you was even told, you wouldn't have believed. I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to take place? What's going to transpire? You know, our prayer should always be God have mercy, God have mercy. You know why? Because, God, I had to have that mercy. I still got to have that mercy. And so instead of having the, the spirit or, or the attitude, get them, Lord. I've had enough of this. I'm sick of you. Get them. No. Because, and Paul talks about that. Paul talks about releasing some that was disordered and, and that conducted themselves in a manner of way. He turns them over to the flesh. He turns them over to the devil. In other words, they, he, he pushes them out from under the protection of the church. He pushes them out from under the protection of his prayers. He pushes them out there in the wide open to God. Said, all right, there they are. In hopes that in that trial and persecutions, man, that they'll come running back to the church. And coming back into the favors of God. Now, these type of, of corrections and judgments, they're going to do. I tell you what these kind of things are going to do. We've got to get out of that lukewarm stage. <laughs> we, we're going to get out of that. Now, I'm talking in general here. Not in the church, too. If it's a church is in a lukewarm, if individuals in a lukewarm, this keeps on. Folks are going to go. They're either going to get bitter or they're going to draw nigh to him. Now, this is, this, is a, this is what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. This is what's unfolding. That's what judgment does. Read Proverbs. Correcting of a child. There's some children. You can beat them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. You can beat them day in and day out. But it's just in them. It's just in them. They're going to just keep on doing it. I, I didn't read it. And, and maybe I should. But he talked about James Hodgson in the book. He wrote about strong-willed kids. and How to handle them and how to respond to them. And you have to handle them different. Now, you, you folks, we're living in a generation now. We can't just used to. Fifty years ago, a preacher could get an old box guitar. Kid, he didn't even hardly carry a tune. Maybe 
He could get to singing about Jesus and amazing grace. And people were crawling to sawdust for God to forgive them and wash them and cleanse them of their unrighteousness. But their lies would shock people today. How godly they was living before they ever came to God. But what's happened? Iniquity. Leaven. Callousness. Sin. Hollywood. Calloused our conscience, our minds, and our hearts. What we used to bush at, we don't even think twice about anymore. We've taken some of the most precious commandments and, and laws and statues and what God joined together. We're just kind of and the writer talks about it writer of the lesson makes this statement he says that some will say well, well you just don't know where I'm at you just don't know what I'm dealing but the thing is God does and God help us and here's the real key now is to not let we're going to do one or the other. We're either going to draw closer to him and work on a companionship with him. Or it's going to cause us to become calloused and hardened. Or we're just going to become so satisfied and just nothing will move us. But remember what the Lord said about that church and that condition. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And we sure don't want that. We don't want that. So, as we, <laughs> I sure wasn't planning on, man, I'm telling you, God's helping us here today. So, he begins to talk about in the sixth verse, he begins to, for lo, I, I raise up. Now, this is the Lord told me, I will raise him up. The Lord's going to raise him up. He's responding to Habakkuk's re request and, and what's going on, what's happening here. And so he says, I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans. That bitter and hasty nation. Chaldeans was a very ruthless people. They, they, they didn't go by God's laws. They didn't show pity or mercy. They didn't, they didn't have no compassion. When they would come riding in on them horses with a wave of, of, of destroying and annihilating, it didn't bother them one bit to cut a baby's head. Doesn't bother America. To cut them while they're in the womb. I'm telling you the same spirit's running, folks. It's just under a different disguise. You know what we want to do? We want to name it. <laughs> we want to put a name to it that we can, that's more acceptable. Bipolar. Well, I'll tell you, I, Lord, I have not getting all this. I'm not educated enough. I know one thing. There's some of these battles that medicine's not going to get us out of it. It's going to be God. And, and you know why it's going to be God? When, when, when we repent. I'm talking about as a nation. As a people. There's some things we got to repent over. And if we fail to do that. We're going. That's the only hope we got. Is to repent and turn.
And so, now, now that's the reason Habakkuk struggled with this. Because God, this is not. But, but when judgment comes and God raises this individual up, these Chaldean people. Man, he just begins to describe them. Which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They're going to take them. They don't come and take the promises land that I gave you. They don't come and live in the houses that I gave you. They're going to come and eat from the vineyards that I bless you with. It's, it, it's swapped. Why? Because they had turned from God. They would worship, rather worship idols. They would rather offer sacrifices under the trees and on the hills and in the mountains unto these they would much rather worship like the heathens worshiped that struggle is still alive today the church constantly has to war and battle to keep the way of the way the world worships and watch this once the church starts flirting with worshiping the way the world worships all of a sudden she's got to start battling against the idols of the world and one of the first one of those is music and ball playing so we see it's 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 just a routine it's over and over and over again and again praise god he begins to talk about how swift the horses they'll be like leopards They'll be fierce. They'll be as fierce as an evening wolves. What, what does it mean? They've hunted all day, but they haven't found anything. So now, you know, as they approach it, early in the morning, he might have bypassed that little rabbit. It wasn't no big deal. Now I'm going to look for something bigger. It's kind of like us deer hunting sometimes. We should have shot that turkey. <laughs> oh, yeah, when I was here, now I didn't get one. I should have shot that poor point. But anyway, and so that's the way that wolf, you know, he's getting up in the evening. Wolf, he hadn't eaten all day. and he's had to, But all of a sudden, a little mice runs by. Oh, see, he's vicious, man. Whatever he can gobble up, whatever he can get a hold of. Or it could be a man. He wouldn't be willing to tackle that old big buck deer early in the morning. I don't feel like putting up that fight. But now hunger drove me to a place. Hey, man, I'm willing to put up the fight. Because I'm telling you, the devil slipped in. The devil's not near as nervous about the church as it was in the books of Acts. He's not. That's the reason we're struggling in some prayers. Struggling with some circumstances, situations. You know why? Because the church has let down some doctrines. The church is not careful. She's, she's, took, she's took one, two, before at a time out. The word of God is the framing of the church. Without doctrine and without the word of God, you don't have a church. You may have an emotional event. You may shout and dance and even speak in tongues. You may even feel chill bumps. But without the framing of the word of God, you have no strength and you're not going anywhere. You've got to have the framing of the word of God to have strength and a launching pad to get out of here and overcome sin. You can reach a place in the emotions and things like that that you'll get cheerleaders and you'll paint up and do everything else and won't feel no conviction whatsoever. Because without the Word of God, the frame of the Word of God, you throw everything out. Hey, we reached a place we don't want judgment in the house of God. 
Let us come like we want to come. Let us dress like we want to dress. You ain't got no business preacher telling us what to. But you'll dress up how you want to to go get a dollar bill. You'll, you'll fall under subjection to submission to any old way of dressing for $100 an hour. Now, what God are you serving? See where we at? I'm not I'm, I'm preaching. So let's go to the third chapter. I, I, try not to watch that watch, but third chapter though. It's a beautiful chapter. It's a powerful chapter. Watch what happens to Habakkuk. I'd love to have the time to, to cook every verse and lead up to this, but but I can't. The second chapter talks about woe unto them that how they treat their neighbor and how they cause them to get drunk so they can look upon their nakedness. And, and, and hey, we're living in that world today. We live in a world that don't respect their neighbors. You know, take advantage. And, and we know what neighbor is. It's not, it is your neighbor. It's one right next to you. But it's also, no, it's whosoever. There's a time that a, a handshake was all it took. And, Today, you can have high-dollar lawyers and everything else and still may get took. They may be in it, may be involved in it. Knowing in their hearts and minds and spirit that you're right. But they love bribes. They love money. They could care less about you. And how wrong an individual. Now watch God. But see, God... Over the scriptures throughout the Old Testament and the New. But he said, let the poor cry out. Now you listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. You may not see vengeance like you'd like to. But if you've been that poor individual that didn't have the resources to overcome and to win a battle. You can bank on this. You live right, you do right. God will take care of it. God had got his own method, his own ways. Of fighting your battles. But here's the key. We got to stay humble. Got to stay faithful. We can't let the spirit get a hold of us. Get them, get them, get them, get them, get them. You know the scriptures taught us not to even rejoice against our enemy when we defeat them. Did you know that? Did you know that there was a time. I guess it still does. I don't know if it does or not. But there was a time when I played glamour school. That sportsmanship trumped everything. You could be the star player. You could, you could make 50 back baskets a game. But if you've got to turn shine, you're behind. You're behind set on the beach. That's not all. <laughs> Misconduct, buddy. Anyway, here we go. Praise God. Third chapter. Beautiful chapter. Watch what happens here. Prayer. This is fact he's praying here now. And he begins to call. He says, oh, Lord, have I heard thy say? I've heard you. I've heard your speech, God. I've heard you. And, and I was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in the wrath. Remember mercy. Now, what's he saying? He said, I'm going to recall back, God. Recall back all the times and how you moved and how you operated and how you blessed Israel and your chosen people in Judah and how you moved upon their behalf. And so, and so that's in his prayer. When the most powerful things that you and I can do, amen, and especially in times of trouble, 
and times of struggle and times of maybe that you've got a, a loved one or whatever that's sick and the point of death and things. one of the best things you and I can do is start reminding God of his word. God, you blessed me here and you blessed here and you blessed there. God, my confidence is in you. My faith is in you. I'm not going to get a bad attitude because I, I know what you can do and I'm calling on you. I'm reminding you, God. That's a reason, amen, they took stones and pushed them under the oak tree every once in a while so they could go back. That's a reason, amen, we can come across that Jordan River. They put stones, amen, in the river and some on outside of that river so next generations could come by and say, what's these stones? Let me tell you about what God done. He opened up some waters, amen, that we couldn't open. He opened up some ways that we couldn't do it. You know what? We're serving the same God today. He can heal bodies that you and I can't heal. He can move on circumstances and situations. And so that's what, amen, puts a joy in us and puts a zeal in us. And I'm just not going to bow down and I'm not just going to boo and cry. Oh no, God, I believe you can come and help me. I believe, amen, because I know with the pureness of my heart and the pureness of my conscience and spirit, amen, I'm praying that God's will be done. God's will be done. And with your will, God, that's what I'm going to hold because my confidence is in you. And so that's what Habakkuk done right here. Watch him as he begins to rehearse and plays it out. Talks about God came from Teman. Amen. That's nothing but Edom there. The Holy One from, from Mount Edom. He's talking about a Sinai. And he, he said, okay, he said he, hesitate. Think about that. God, you the one came on the mountain that day. You're the one that called us out. You're the one that gave us these laws. It was you, God. It was you. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was as the light, and he had horns coming out of his hand. Horns represents power or authority. You had horns coming out. It was your hands. It was your word. It was your promises. You're the one that made the way where there seemed to be no way. You're the way maker. Hey, this is how you got to, because a lot of times the battle's in our mind, and that's the reason it's so important. Amen. When you can pray the word, and when you can quote the word, when you can fall back on the word of God, that's forever settled in the heavens. And when all the fiery darts are coming against you. And all the statements and all the news meet and all everybody else. It's a hopeless and it's this and it's that. No, I'm believing in a God. Hallelujah. That will sustain me. That has supplied my every need. I know where my helpers come from. It hadn't been my talent. It hadn't been my skill. It hadn't been my ability. If it hadn't been him on my side, I wouldn't have what I've got. So, so when you get this, you get to anchor down in your heart and your mind and spirit. Watch what he does before him. With what, what, what? The, the pestilence, burning coals went forth of his feet. What in the world is he talking about? What happened when the ark went back himself on the ark and he was took a man to the Philistines and all the others? And, 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 and he began to what in the Imrods? He began to fight his own battle when Saul failed him, when his own chosen people come up short. Hallelujah, you know what? God can fight battles. Watch it. Hear this, amen. We're not perfect. We got failures. We come up short. And we got, all got to get over this attitude and spirit that I deserve better than this. We don't deserve nothing. We deserve death. That's what we deserve. Done deal. I don't, I, I don't deserve to be up here. I don't deserve to feel his glory and power. I didn't earn it. It was his mercy and his grace and his compassion. And it's been that all the way. All the way it's been that. Hallelujah. I haven't done so great things and done this. I haven't never been fighting against sin to the, to the point of shedding blood. Never. Never been beat up for the gospel. But if you listen to the spirit of the world. Everybody's wanting their rights. Every demonical force, every lying tongue, every ungodly sin for life. 
And we promoted some of them. Why are we glad you come out of your closets? Well, what was you doing in the closet? That right there ought to say something about it. You wouldn't have never been in the closet if it was right. You had to get in the closet because it was wrong. And then we want to bring it out and illuminate it and make it light. But it's not. It's darkness. It's blind darkness. And now we want to accept it. And they want to shove it down our Till the Bible's right, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. If I die today, the Bible's right. Word of God's right. You hear me? Hallelujah. Regardless what comes and goes. You hear me? If COVID takes me out today, hallelujah, God's still a healer. He's still a blesser. And he's worth living for. Don't you let none of that derail you. Don't you let none of that, amen, rob you of the love of God and the joy of God. God's still God's God's going to get us out of here. So that's what he's talking about. As he goes through and he says, he said, stood. He was the one that stood. He measured the earth with the eyes. This God can measure the earth. He looked over this earth. They're like, you're this God. This is what Habakkuk's talking about. As he exalts him and magnifies him and, and, and realizes and recognizes who he is and what he is. Amen. He goes on. He talks about it. He says, Behold, he drove asunder the nations. Amen. And uh, the everlasting mountains were scattered. To the everlastings, those that was grounded. It doesn't matter. Watch this, folks. Amen. When God gets ready, he can move the mountains. Uh, I had somebody say something the other day about, amen. And he come in there and said something about, uh, I'd be glad when half of California falls off. And I said, that ain't any Christian thing to say. I got what I'm telling people. <laughs> I said everybody over is not a pervert. That's, right. That's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong type of judgment. What we need to pray, God, give them revival. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Get them ready. Because <laughs> if we can stop some of it over there. We will not have to deal with some of it over here. That's the problem. Nobody's wanting to stand up against the giants. Nobody's wanting to stand, kill any giants. Hey, we just want to push them off to somebody else. You know, if we get a bad dude, let's just move him somewhere else. I'm sorry. Praise God. Listen to what he says. Eighth verse. Talks about the tents. Talks about the tents. This is the dwelling places. This is places where they abode. Amen. He he talks about, amen. The the Midianites and the, the tremble that was there. You know, Gideon. He talks about the cake coming down. That's that's. He he'd heard all that. He knew all this. So he's he's reminding in in a way. He's just making a fast forward, going through these things, talking about this God, talking about. The Jehovah God, this Savior. He goes on and says, was the Lord displeased against the rivers? That's a question now. Was thy anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? That thou didst ride upon them horses and thy chariots. What did he say? Of salvation. <laughs> he went against the rivers and the sea. But yet he rolled them back. And he's reminding you brought, you brought Israel through. You brought us through the Red Sea. You brought us through that Jordan River. For what? For salvation. For deliverance. Since thy bow was, was made naked. What is he talking about? It was pulled out of the cover. Thy bow, God. You pulled it out of the cover. Whenever the enemy was too great and too powerful and overcoming us, you pulled out the bow and you done. 
You, you've done it with earthquakes. You've done it with, with hell. You've done it. I, I preached on it a little bit you know, a while back. God's got weapons. God's got weapons. And you know what? God's got weapons in the New Testament. Hallelujah. God's equipped this church. He's equipped each one of us. But you know what? We've got to get up every morning. We've got to put on that whole armor of God. Amen. And we've got to walk in the spirit. And we've got to do it God's way. And if we'll just do it God's way, guess what? We won't have to worry about all that other stuff. That don't mean there won't be trials. That won't mean there won't be, be temptations. That don't mean nothing. No, but amen. You know what? Those things will sustain us. Those things will hold us up. Those things that keep our heart together, our minds together, our spirit together. Amen. It'll keep us from being causing disunity and all this other. I'm going to tell you something. If this nation don't get a handle on some of this fear, they're going to be killing one another. They're going to be coming against one another and devouring one another. And we got people that's got the ideals that they can get enough ammunition and guns and food stored up. Hallelujah. Do this and do that. Ah, come on. Get real. When God gets ready to shut this thing down, baby. Doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't matter what kind of positions, no matter who you are. You may last one day longer than some of the others. But you go. It's kind of like I told the little guy working for us one time. Headed down that road toward drugs. Still a teenager. I said, let me tell you something. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're educated or not. Or rich or not. I said, you headed to a cesspool, buddy. It's just a matter of time. You're going. I said, the rich and the educated can hide a little longer and last a little longer, but they're going. They're going. It's a thief. It's an element of a thief, of a robber, of a murderer. And that's what he sets out. He first robs and steals and takes it. But his, the, the, the end of the, the journey is to kill. To kill. So, I'm going to buy. Thy went is forth. Watch in 13th verse. Thy went is forth for the salvation of thy people. He's wonderful. Folks, y'all, how many of you remember what I told Brother Keith, a man about over there where he's at and all, how God, God's done, <laughs> mapped it out. And all you and I have got to do now is just stay. Hear me. He's done the same thing for us. God's got this thing mapped out. We just got to stay in the trail. We just got to follow his footsteps. The footsteps of Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that you'll be all right if you just follow the footsteps of Jesus? Regardless of what comes and goes and what happens and transpires. If I just stay with Jesus. If I just stay with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because when Jesus shows up, things seem to happen. Hallelujah. Things begin to take place. Hallelujah. And they're constantly wanting to kill him. They're wanting to constantly do this and do that. But until the time. You know what? They couldn't take him until the time come. Amen. They wanted, there was a one time. Amen. They wanted to set him up as king. And the, Exalt him like that. But you know what? She said, oh no. And so he didn't need. Now both sides of the spectrum. Ladies and gentlemen. One side wanted to take him and kill him. The other side wanted to exalt him. And lift him up and make him king. But that wasn't God's will on either one of them. Reason you and I, amen, under the anointing of God and the power of God, and God uses us. We got to make sure we stay what God wants us, staying in rank. I talked to you about it. Joel talks about the locusts and all the millions, but being able to stay in rank. How God to create a law of order, amen, with locusts and with nature. Hallelujah. And God help us, amen, to learn how to get in order and stay in rank and stay where God wants us to be in the calling, the election, and the service of Jesus Christ. Because that's the only way you can have revival. That's the only way you're going to survive. And I'm telling you, this battle is going to get crucial enough. Hallelujah. If we don't do that we will not survive but God's going to help us and so as you watch this he says I'm going to try to just read the best of this and then, and I don't even got to the main verses but anyway thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people even for salvation with thine with thine anointed 
God, give us the anointing back. God, help us get to the place. Old-fashioned anointing. Old-fashioned a baptism of God's power and God's presence. Take you back to last week, Micah, the fourth chapter. That's what he's talking about. He said, hey, I, I, long, I was looking for the days when harvest coming in and when there's more of abundance. What is just plenty of it. There's clusters and it's just running over running out and that's the way it was they tell me about the brush harbor days they talk about the revivals and times again the power of god would be in the house and the place where they had gathered together the power and the glory of god would be in such such a powerful manifestation of it that's the reason they couldn't hold on to the chairs that's the reason grown men hallelujah there's hard hallelujah they couldn't hold themselves they come crawling down those aisles i mean weeping and crying and begging i don't want to be lost i don't want to be lost it wasn't fancy preaching it wasn't fancy singing it was just an old-fashioned move of god God Almighty, but if you can get God to move, and when you get God to move, I don't care how big the devil is, I don't care how big the burden is, I don't care how nonchalant we are. I tell you, when you get God moving in the house, I tell you, He'll cause the dead. He causes the dead. That's the reason we need old-fashioned anointing preaching. Because old-fashioned funny preaching, it calls a man one bone come to the other bone. It calls the valley of the dead to be raised up. It calls those are standing up, amen, to be cold and equipped, amen, to run the race and fight the fight. Jeremiah warned us, if this is such a big deal to us, what are we going to do when the horsemen show up? If this has caused us to not have no joy, because I can't FaceTime everybody and socialize with everybody, and I ain't being ugly, I'm just telling you where we're at. I got my watch, but just hang on. <laughs> he begins to talk about, talks about how the whirlwind scatter me. Listen to the 14th verse. Come as a whirlwind to scatter me. The me there is actually Habakkuk, but Habakkuk, a man represents Judah or Israel or the church. Their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. To devour them. Let me tell you something. The poor are still being taken advantage of in our day. <laughs> Thou didst walk through the sea with thy horses through the heap of the great waters. When I heard, watch his response. I asked us the other day, how long just been since the word of God it just stopped us in our tracks or moved us or stirred us to a point, to a place. I'm fixing to do something about this. And it's not just for a moment. It's not just an emotional moment and a setting. Can I say this? If we're not careful, church, church will become an entertainment place too. And, and all we, 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 from, from one message to the next, from one entertainment to the next, and from one event to the next, and never really be changed, and never get it anchored and settled into our That's the reason this pandemic had such an effect on the church when they shoved us outside and kept us up and broke and shut us down to one service a week. 
because we depended on having at least three services to get a little shot in the arm, a little shot in the leg to get us some, get us some one. So, watch what he says from the 16th and 19th verse. When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones. Man, he, was, he, he began to look like somebody was on something or something. They want to make light of us. When we was called shakers. You're going to get over with some of that bunch and smoke you some of that stuff. So you can... But look at them now. Look at them now. Under the influence of drugs. Serving their gods. Bound to their gods. Paying tithes to their gods. Everybody pays tithes. You just choose who you pay it to. And guess what? Who you pay it to? Who's going to be your God? And when you get in trouble, that's also got to be the same God that's going to come to your rescue. You should never grumble or complain about paying tithes or giving offerings. That's one area we ought to be faithful in. Because if we'll be faithful with that, guess what? God will be faithful with us. God can take care of some things that we can't take care of. Yeah. God can keep you out of one little episode. And save you a half a million dollars just that quick. He sure can. Rottenness entered into my bones. And I trembled in myself. <laughs> that I might rest in the day of trouble. Listen to it. That I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. He'll just overwhelm. Invades is a, it's an overwhelming. It's a, it's a flooding. It's a, uh, I mean, the enemy is trying his best to come in like a flood. He's trying his best to invade even into the church. But thank God the Bible says the Lord lift up a spirit. That most people believe that you can make it to heaven without it. But you can't make it without the Holy Ghost. And you can't live an overcoming life without the Holy Ghost. And you can't just let it be a one-time event. And speak in tongues occasionally and hear. But neither do I believe we need to get on that side where it's just a drop of a hat. I've dealt with some people. They can almost bless you out and two seconds later speak in tongues. There's something wrong. And maybe it's just an old dumb old country boy here. I'll take it. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. Here it is. Neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail. Field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stall. You know what he's saying? Go to Walmart and there's nothing. Go buy McDonald's and his clothes and Burger King and all the other restaurants. Get home and most of us don't have a garden. But <laughs> we get home. The 
cabinets are empty. The refrigerator's empty. What are we going to do? We're going to do what Habakkuk's going to do. That's what we're going to do. Yet, in this trouble, in this circumstance, in this situation, are you hearing me this morning? Could it be that God's sending something light right now to condition us for the, when the real horses show up? Or when real trials and battles come? Why do we send special forces through a harsh training? Why do we push them to the max and beyond before we load them up with four guys and send them on the other side of the world and drop them off on the side of a mountain and to take on the whole God works the same way. He really does. God works the same way. And so instead of looking at some of this like it's a curse, what if we started looking at it like it was a blessing? You hear me this morning? It's a blessing. Because if we keep going like we're going, this whole nation's going to be lost. And God cares and merciful enough and loves us enough to not just let it happen. He said, I'm going to start allowing or even promoting some things. Remember, go back to the first chapter. Who raised up those Chaldeans? Who equipped them? Who allowed them to go in? I mean, our God could have opened up the earth and swallowed them all up just like that. But he didn't do it because he had some children. If I don't correct them, they're going to be swallowed up and be lost. He works the same way today. We do things that's unwholesome and ungodly. He starts sending the correcting. That's the reason he gave us a five-fold ministry. To edify. To build up. To correct. To give instructions. That's the reason he, we must be anointed. It's not by our own power, our own ability, our own talents. And shame on us as apostolics when we start leaning on those things more than we do God. That we think we can bypass the prayer rooms and we don't never have to fast. And no, man, let's go play golf all day and come in. I got my message off the internet and it's written out there. Man, I can sit up there and give it a speech like a president. It's dead as dead can be. Don't empire, inspire nobody. Don't move nobody. Guess who's slipping in? So, we got to be like Habakkuk. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He's my deliverer. He's my salvation. I'm a winner either way. Regardless of what comes and goes and what happens. I can't make everybody live for God. I can't make all my loved ones live for God. But there's one thing I can do. I can be saved. I can save myself from this untoward general. And that's the best thing I can do for my family. That's the best thing I can do for my community. That's the best thing I can do for my nation. That's the best thing I can do for the world and the God that I'm living in. Hey man, is get my mind made up. I'm not selling out. I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown. I know who I believed in. I know who I put my trust in. And regardless when there's no other resources or any other way, amen, to supply my needs, I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord. And Paul said it this way. Now watch this. I know my time's up. We can stand. Watch this. What Paul say? 
He said, rejoice in the Lord. Always. Everybody can rejoice when all the bills are paid. And that's a good feeling. Don't get me wrong. That's a good goal to try to gain. Okay? <laughs> well, I don't know this and I don't know that. The children's doing this and that's doing good and all this. Everybody can rejoice and have a good time. But the real test of your joy. <laughs> Lord knows I didn't have enough time here this morning. I may come back and hit on a little bit tonight. It's in trying times. It's in difficult times. <laughs> Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's one thing that's bothered me, especially in the last few years. Uh, if the right ones get this, they're gonna, they're gonna, they ain't going to like it. But Even at youth camp, there's a lot of tongues. A lot of tongues. Hours of it. But if they was a thimble full of joy, I'd have been surprised. I'm all for all that. But I'm telling you, we won't make this journey without joy. Why? Watch this. Why did Paul tell us? He said, in all things rejoice. And again, I say unto thee, rejoice. Because the only way you're going to conquer depression, the only way you're going to conquer of not letting a, a self-poor little me attitude get a hold of you, the only way that you're going to conquer the devil in some circumstances and some situations, you've got to find a joy and a God that's your salvation, that regardless of how it's going and how the ball's bouncing and what, how it's looking like it's going to turn out, I've got a joy in him. The devil can't take it. The world can't take it. Like nothing can take it. Death can't take it. i got a joy in him. Hallelujah. I'm going to dance and love and worship and magnify my God. Hallelujah. It's not a put on. It's real. It's genuine. It's a joy. I'm telling you that nothing can take it from you. And if it did, then it wasn't the true joy of God. That's what I'm trying to get us to understand. This pandemic shouldn't have never took that from us. And if it did, then please tell me where our joy was at. I had time, but writer talks about it possessions you know where our soul lies our soul lies in the possession of our patience you don't have to have much patience if you got a pile of money time something tears up ain't no big deal I'll go buy a new one got plenty of money Oh, it looks like this is going to run out, and that's going to run out. All right, I got some friends, don't worry. I got to run here and get me a truckload. We just done that a year ago with toilet paper. We did. These things are not just accidents, these are things that are not just by chance. There's, there is purpose, there is things behind all of this. But if we're not careful, we won't never pick it up. We won't, we won't recognize that. We won't understand it. You know what? There's a real warfare going on here. There's some real, real things happening. And you know what? As we tap into it and as we hook up in it, I'm telling you again, 
you'll be shocked who's going to walk through them doors. And they're not just going to walk through them doors. And it's not going to take them six months to get the Holy Ghost. I'm really believing to watch some, some of these little blind-headed little girls <laughs> get some of that old grandma spirit on them. Six and seven under the influence. Some people walk in here and say, man, these folks are drug out. Where's that white paddle at? What's going on? You'd be shocked at how much resemblance there is. And some of you are scared to walk in it. Some of you are scared to give. Some of you say, oh, I might mess my hair up. I might do this. I might. The Holy Ghost won't ever embarrass you. I promise you. I mean, it's the best thing that can happen because when you get into the power of the Holy Ghost, you won't be fretting and worrying about all that. That's the reason a drunk likes to really get drunk. Hey, look, he'll give his last dollar away. He'll, 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 he'll cost his family. He'll sell them out. Because we're, we're, we're getting to a point now, buddy. Jesus said it's coming. Father will be against son. And it's this Holy Ghost that's going to keep us. It's this Holy Ghost. It, and it's not just the Holy Ghost. That's what reading the writer said. It's what? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you walk in it like that, folks, you won't have to beg people to pray. What what will start happening? I tell you what will start happening. I'll be in here at eight o'clock on Sunday morning trying to get ready to, and I start hearing all kind of commotion and stuff going on. Pastor, it's all right. We decided to come a little early to pray. (laughs) And if we're not careful, some of them be having church before some of the others ever even show up. Diehard fan. Diehard fans, you know what? They'll work overtime, get the money to buy them season tickets. Good coon hunter. He'll work overtime to pay a little extra instead of paying $1,000 for that dog. I'd give 2500 Some of them high hunters, amen. And they'll turn them loose in their own something that's going to be going to cut them up like hamburger meat. Ooh, I feel the preacher on me today, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's nothing of all that that you take fun and have pleasure in. But none of that, all of that should fade when you start talking about coming to the house of God. When you start talking about the Lord himself. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, even, even right in the midst of some of that, you start talking about Jesus. First use, you know, you won't even turn the dogs out. First use, you know, you'll be sitting there all day and, and trying to catch the first fish. You know why? We used to just to try to say blessing over supper. And it'd be 30 or 45 minutes later because a prayer meeting broke out. And we'd be dancing and shouting and speaking in tongues. Y'all looking at me like, I'm making this up. And you, that, that's what used to happen. You know what? Let's go back. Let's go back to some old landmarks. Let's go back to some real joy. A joy that'll keep us in these troubled times. 
A joy that will sustain us and strengthen us. Give us life and give us energy. <laughs> Our world's full of coming up with something. And I'm not against all the drinks. I'm not against all that. Got to take care of your body. You got to, got to put something in that. If you don't put something in it, it it's, it's, you know, it's going to die. <laughs> There's nothing like putting the Holy Ghost in it. Hallelujah. Have a party in the Holy Ghost. Have a Holy Ghost time. You don't have to limit it to you. You can have it at the house. Can you imagine running around in the living room with, with two or three of your kids and all of you speaking in tongues and running around there? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. The neighbor says, hey, I don't know what's going on over there. I think I better call the law. It sounds to me like. I don't know if that's a fight or if they partying. I don't know what to do. The poor kid, you hear that kid? Wow! What the fuck are you doing to that kid, man? They be. And the law shows up and knocks on the door. <laughs> Then he goes over and opens up the door. Y'all want to come in? And the Holy Ghost just falls out. You'd be shocked how many it would be a backslider. Could be a backslider that just pulled up there. Of all of a sudden, recognition. Oh, my God. This is what I've been looking for. This, I've got to get back to this. It's available. It's on the table. As much as the devil's got out there, God's got twice as much. God's got twice as much. Bless us. To anoint us and turn us loose. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, God's working. Let's let him work. Let's give ourselves. I may come back tonight and preach a little bit more on this. I may not. I don't know. We're just whatever God wants to do. I just want the Holy Ghost in this house. I want everybody in here full of the Holy Ghost. I want everybody out there wasn't able to come, amen, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. He can drive that COVID out of every one of them. All the symptoms, every bit of it. Hallelujah. He's a healer. He's a blesser. He's a way maker. So let's put our joy in him. Let's put our confidence in him. Let's live for God. Come back tonight. Prayer time, 5.30, 6 o'clock service time. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.